0: I have to confess that I do not have one drop of Irish blood in my body. Nevertheless, I was invited this morning really very wonderfully to take part in what I'm sure some of you are aware of happens every year. Down at Old St. Pat's in the city, they have this large gathering, they call it the civic mass, and many dignitaries are there. The governor of Illinois is always there, the mayor is there, all the aldermen. This year, several politicians who are caught up in a runoff were there. Union leaders are there. The grand marshal of the parade is there. The queen of the parade and her court is there. It's kind of like prom court for 20 and 30-year-olds. They're all there. And it really is a wonderful mass. That parish, if you know, is very deeply steeped in Irish-American roots, the pastor's Irish. Not as much as Father Trout, but he's Irish-American. And so anyways, it was a wonderful mass to be present at, and they have Shannon Rovers and bagpipers and then the whole bit. And during the homilies, priest, pastor there is a good friend of mine, we have a wonderful homily because they celebrate the mass of St. Patrick's. And he was just going on about how the Irish are people of indomitable hope. And he talked about all the different hardships that they faced immigrants and coming over here and St. Patrick himself and he was enslaved you might know the story and then actually went back to Ireland to evangelize the people Um, and it was just kind of very uplifting in that way and I couldn't help but think to myself but surely because the church was packed I mean it was packed to the gills I said we talk about this all the time so today it was the Irish turn there any Germans here on St. Boniface Day, you know, we just have an extra beer and a bratwurst and call it a night. But the Irish have this amazing day to celebrate not only their heritage, but their spirituality. But I couldn't help but think, surely in a room that's this packed full of people, some have hearts that are aching, some have situations, whether they're Irish or not, That are hearing this talk of promise and hope and that's what jesus is all about and that's what the saints show us and maybe just found themselves wondering you know am i really in the right place i've heard this all my life maybe they've been to this mass year in and year out and were among the ones who could really feel their hearts swelling and singing the hymns but this year it was different sooner or later in the christian spiritual life I think we all have moments where we wonder. I'm not necessarily doubting that this is true, but it doesn't seem to be true for me. And then what do we do in those situations? And I'd like to suggest that in these powerful Gospels that we have, really throughout Lent, but certainly in these so-called scrutiny Gospels, it's a way of addressing that very question. Now, as was said at the start of this Mass, we're continuing this Lenten series called Take Away the Stone, and lots of different ways of looking at that. Tonight, social barriers are broken, if you like. Jesus, a man, going to the Samaritan, a woman. Jesus, a Jew, going to a Samaritan. All these different social barriers are broken. But I'd like to suggest that maybe the biggest stone of all is one that doesn't get Broken, at least not within the context of this gospel. And that's what I would call the stone of reticence, the stone of reluctance, the stone of that voice that says, Don't raise that question. Don't be the one who stands out. Just don't even bother, either because you don't want to make a show of it or you don't want to embarrass yourself, or I think much more often, why bother asking? You know, there's not going to be any answer. It's the stone, I think, that maybe some of those folks this morning were feeling, and I'll bet the majority of us, at least I'll put myself in that group, have felt ourselves at times. Is this really, is this really the message of hope? Is this really the message of joy? And we've all had times in our lives, lots of times, where we'd easily say that. This is wonderful. God is good. I'm so blessed. Theologically, we know we didn't just catch God on a good day. God's not taking the day off when we're in the midst of confusion or anxiety or worry or doubt. But how do you make it all sort out? And all that I'm saying is one of the biggest stones in the Christian spiritual life is the stone that says, don't bother. Don't raise it. Don't question or if you do, be relatively private about it. And the reason I'm saying that comes up, I think, in this gospel is because while we rightly focus on the fact that, wow, Jesus, this Jewish man talking to the Samaritan woman, and all these social taboos are overcome, but what is it about the disciples? All right, the Samaritan woman is just encountering Jesus for the very first time. The disciples have been with this guy for quite a while. They've lived with him, they've eaten with him, They've heard him preaching. They've seen him do miracles. And yet, what are we told? They go off to get some food. So Jesus, by himself, he has his exchange with the Samaritan woman. And then when they come back, you know, and I'll just read it for you because it's there. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still, no one said, What are you looking for, or why are you talking with her? Why didn't they say it? Why didn't they ask? This is about a lot more than just social taboos. This is the water that gives life. This is the food that never runs out. And this is my point. Why don't they ask? Why don't they pose the question? What are they afraid of? Because if they had asked them maybe just about social customs they at least would have opened the door where he could have said, yeah, I'm talking to the Samaritan woman, get over it. Let's talk about living water. Let's talk about eternal bread. Let's talk about the food that will forever quell your hunger. And then they would have to sit down and start thinking. Because even we're told here, they said, oh, did someone give him something to eat? Even at this point, with all the time they've been with him, They can't bring themselves to engage what really is the difference that Christianity makes. And I hope that one of our takeaways from this week is I'll try to overcome a social taboo. I mean, find the Samaritan woman in your life, talk to her, break those barriers, do it. But at the end of the day, a well-meaning atheist could have told you the same thing. And there's some atheists who are a lot better doing that than many Christians I know. What is the difference that Christianity brings? What does it add that even if we try, no matter how hard we try to overcome social taboos, there's still something we can't overcome on our own efforts? How is this living water, right? How does this somehow satisfy the hunger and the longing that I have? That's what I mean about we know all the language. We know all the beautiful hymns and the prayers and the imagery. But when the chips are down, what does that actually look like? And I'd like to suggest what these Gospels show us is that it starts with something you've heard me say almost ad nauseum, but it starts with encounter, right? It starts with Jesus going up and encountering this woman. And she, to her great credit, stays there. She doesn't shy away. Unlike the disciples, she doesn't keep her mouth shut. And she's not afraid to ask, what are you, you, a Jewish man? You're here with me, a Samaritan woman. Think of the shoulders she's standing on, Mary at the Annunciation. How can this be? For I have not known man. So many of the Psalms, really, God, is this what you're up to? But the disciples themselves can't bring themselves to voice these deep questions in their hearts. So what is it that allows the difference that Christianity makes to erupt into the everydayness of our lives? It is encountering Christ. Now in their time before Jesus died and rose, you had to encounter the guy himself. You either were lucky enough to have Jesus of Nazareth bump into you or no. But we've got something much more than that. We are the body of Christ. We know that the men and women we encounter. Samaritan women are not. They come to us in the image and likeness of that same God. And so when we say hello to the stranger, when we share our food, yes, that's a wonderful humanitarian act and we should all do it a thousand times more than we do. But when we do that, we literally are tapping into that infinite depth of mystery that all the prayers and hymns talk about. And so it's not just a question of encountering, but doing it with intentionality. And so what I would invite us maybe as a little spiritual exercise as we move into this third week of Lent is definitely, and, and there's some uh, homily quotes that I think were sent out on the website or something, where they say, you know, find somebody to talk to, look for ways you can overcome barriers But if we don't do that with the sense of, am I really believing, I'm eyeball to eyeball with living water and food that never runs out, then all I'm really doing, only in quotes because it's really important, but all I'm really doing is trying to listen to what my mother probably taught me when I was a little kid. Be kind, be generous. But do I really think that in that outreach, Somehow I'm opening my heart up to receiving even more than what that other person can give me in their own humanity. What if they give me a dirty look and say, take a hike? I've still opened my heart up to receive something that doesn't come from human beings. And that's either true or it's not. But we wouldn't be here after 2,000 years, I think, if it weren't true. But we've got to somehow be cognizant of the fact that we're accessing it. And so what I would say, if I could somehow identify who in that packed church this morning, down in the South Loop, was feeling like, man, all the joy, the bagpipes, everything, it's just ringing hollow for me today. If I could say anything to them, the first thing I would say is, I just want to shut up and listen. I just want to invite you to say what's in your heart with brutal honesty. And if it isn't joyful bagpipes, but some mournful dirge, then let it out. Because if I listen to you honestly disclose that with the question of where is God in this and how is God present, then what that person is doing is standing right in the shoes of the Samaritan woman. Who are you? What's this about? I want what you say you have. Put up or shut up. And she's not standing in the shoes of the disciples who were afraid to ask a question. She's not standing in the shoes of the disciples who couldn't get beyond the water, bread, stuff that you actually eat, what they went into the village to get, who couldn't imagine how is there something here that transcends those basic needs. Those aren't easy shoes to stand in, those of the Samaritan woman, but that's the invitation for all of us. So definitely look for that person in your life this week. They may be sitting next to you right now, You may have been married to them for decades. You may have raised them from the moment of their conception. You may not meet them until Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. But when that moment comes, simply realize that in the, can you give me a drink, in that simple phrase of everyday life, it's just the bare surface of something that is infinitely deeper. But we have to be intentional about it.